0: Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known
1: as Team Seekers. Here they are. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathco from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health.
2: Hey, everybody. Green Mays and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania.
3: This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota.
4: Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada.
3: Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha.
5: Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii.
4: And finally, aloha.
6: Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and Marcia's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. Not only are we building and growing a movement, but we're building and growing a family. At least that's my illusion anyway.
7: <laughs>
4: oh, I feel the same way. I feel the same way.
6: Let us focus our attention on Exercise 31, A Lesson Learned is Wisdom Earned. Marsh and I were talking about how best to approach this episode with the question, What have you learned the hard way?
7: Oh,
4: <laughs> really? You gotta open up that box? Oh boy. Uh, well, perfect example, last night on the show. Uh, not being as prepared as we should have been for Marsha's with us presenting the class. We didn't know there were going to be people on there that we didn't know and that didn't had not listened to audios. Marsha was pretty forward about it and said, Chris, I could have charged you a coaching fee. I was like, yes, I know, I'm sorry. And it was a lesson learned. I now know not to present Pay Me What I'm Worth in that fashion and to share classes and tell them to explore the website. Oh, thank you. So,
6: Chris, is there a theme in your life where you just kind of ad-lib and hope for the best?
4: Yep. At times there is, yes. I would agree. Yeah, at times. Now
6: that you're conscious of that theme, what changes?
4: I know that I need to be more prepared, exercise the right way of doing something like that, for sure. Make sure that people know what we're doing before we talk about it. That might be an idea. (laughs) wheels are turning
6: yep the art of lesson 31 is simply awareness isn't it
7: Mm mm-hmm
6: yep is it fair to say for all of you your level of awareness of who you are and what you are is significantly more awake than it was a year ago oh yeah yep
8: absolutely
6: Does it frighten you at times as to just (laughs) how aware and awake you've become?
8: It doesn't really frighten me. It does amaze me more so than anything else. I mean, I started in life without ever really looking at any of that kind of stuff. I mean, what the heck is awareness? I just was flowing through life, and whatever happened, and I never thought about being aware and how I could make my changes. Through awareness. I just didn't do that in my past. And now it's the explorer that finally comes into being when I'm aware of something and then my explorer comes to the rescue with me, actually helps me to go through and and see everything in, in a different light. Everything about my life I can see in a different light. And I'm so grateful for everything because of that.
6: So the lesson I you're learning, that... Marsha, is being aware of what triggers your analyzer. Is yes, that accurate? Awareness is a fun yes, concept, though.
8: I mean, I know what triggers my analyzer definitely, and then uh, when I'm aware of that, I can actually um, tell the analyzer go sit in the corner now.
7: <laughs>
8: give me some time to just feel what I need to feel and process it.
6: We're talking about lessons learned the hard way. Mm. Have you noticed that which you're not grateful for will bring you a repetitive lesson? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. D- did that make sense? Yes. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It did to me. Yep. Yeah. I wasn't grateful for advice my parents would give me because as a teenager, I knew everything. I, I knew all there was to know and I had all the knowledge in the world, except I didn't when I would go out to do social events or when I started to party with people, and I made some bad mistakes, and they told me like, to stop hanging out with certain crowds, and I didn't because I thought, well, I knew everything at that point. What do they know? They just they don't like to have fun. And then over time, I kept making mistakes. I kept doing dumb things until it came time to come to college. And I was having trouble with my grades, and I looked back and said, maybe I should listen to my parents a little bit more when I was a teenager, and I wouldn't have done all those stupid little mistakes.
6: I feel every parent on this call smiling. (laughs) 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 Which reminds me, as parents, do you remember what you did when your parents told you what to do? Did you listen? (laughs)
8: Oh, my gosh, do I remember. I remember times with my mom just trying to talk to me, and I would just shut my world out. My mom and I would have our talking, and I'd be disagreeing, and she just always loved me through the whole process. And I'm so grateful, and I'm so thankful that my mom did not give up on me. And believe me, I pushed it with my mother. <laughs> I did. Oh my god.
6: <laughs> David, I'm curious. David, you've got to have within the last 6 months, one of your kids has done something that you did at their age, that you revelled in at their age and now you went, "Oh crap, that's where I planted the seed for that to happen to me." <laughs> Is that mm, Boy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, there's definitely one. And unfortunately, it's one of those that if my kids come back to this recording at some point, man, i got to be careful.
7: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've probably ran out of fingers and toes the number of times in the last year that I've experienced that, where I go, <laughs> Double take, deja vu all over again. Oh, crap. (laughs) Action, reaction.
6: There is no void. It may take a while. I might choose to ignore a lesson. I might think I don't have time for this. I don't care. I don't care what the repercussions are. I'm going to barrel on through this. And I barrel on through this. The next lesson that is supposed to teach me what I'm supposed to learn right now may not happen for weeks, months, years, possibly decades. But it will come. Oh God. It will come. That scares me. Yeah. <laughs> it
7: will
2: come. I think that scares me because if I ever became a parent, it and then when they're 16 and I'm whatever age, they'll be like, "Dad, I'm gonna go out and drink and party." I'm like, "No, you're 16." They're like, "You did," and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs>
3: Uh, are you beginning to
6: see how gratitude is that bridge where we can cross no matter what crap is flowing underneath that bridge gratitude lets us walk over it look at it and go oh that's what i should have learned did that make sense
8: yes absolutely
6: how has this chapter let's shift into this next question and you're going to go, oh, here comes the paradox. And to some degree, eh, you, you, could, you could view it that way, but it's really not. Is there anything that is not worthy of gratitude? Let me give you an example. It might be rather shocking to hear this, but I'm actually grateful for what happened in Orlando this past Sunday.
4: How do I come to say that? You mean the, the mass shooting? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? How, okay, now I'm really, really... Damn it. Okay, how can you be grateful for a tragedy? Here we go. And I, I, that's a serious question because I, I don't understand how that's something that is, would release positive energy when people have lost their lives because some lunatic has lost their mind and decided to pick up a gun and start spraying people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's an event. You could be grateful for that soul. But yeah, you really got to enlighten me here, please.
7: Because that, that to me,
5: hmm.
4: is
7: tragic.
5: Chris, there's so many more people aware of the movement now and the importance of the community that needs to have the awareness that it was brought up. So that would be a good positive point, even though a lot of people were affected negatively.
6: We're on the right
2: side. Right. Brain lgbt i guess qia community together more now it actually raised awareness yeah it was a bad event i don't think anyone's debating here that it was good but that events can sometimes lead to people waking up and coming well, together
4: i agree but uh, people shouldn't have to lost their lives for that to realize that we shouldn't be giving guns away so easily in other parts of the world. Chris, yeah. it
6: took the United States government to recognize that millions of people were being funneled into what supposedly were shower stalls, who were then gassed and shortly cremated. It took the United States government to wake up to the reality that millions of people had literally been slaughtered before they got into World War II. You're
4: talking about the Holocaust?
6: I sat on a bench outside a hall in the Dachau Museum, once a concentration camp, at the age of 17. We were given an option to go into that particular (laughs) auditorium and watch a three-minute clip that had been smuggled out by a prisoner that documented what doctors were doing on human beings.
4: Yep. I know what you're talking about.
6: I chose not to watch it because I knew if I were to see those images, they would be seared into my mind, and I did not need that in my mind. And while I was sitting there on the bench, a a gentleman sat down next to me, and it was a, a local, and we started talking, and he wanted to know my opinions, and I said, I really don't know what to make of it. And he said, well... Not that the means justifies the ends, but we now have documented on paper, we can prove uh, through a paper trail, that the experiments that are captured on the film that's playing inside this theater right now has saved twice the amount <coughs> of lives that were slaughtered in the Holocaust. Does the ends justify the means? We can get into all sort of philosophical about it. My point In this chapter, every single one of us, myself included, have had a holocaust of some kind in life. I've had my own holocausts. And I'm grateful for them because it taught me who I am and what I'm capable of and what I'm capable of not doing. Follow?
3: Follow that. Yes. There's always an opportunity to, to, to learn. Always is an opportunity to learn. That's the whole point of, for me, that's the whole point of my life.
8: There's always light somewhere in that darkness. Always.
6: And if I'm void of gratitude, it's likely I will not see that light, right? Yes. So reflecting back on your own life journeys, who has a story now with the journey that's under their belt right now where they can see that the use of the Explorer in that moment would have fundamentally changed the outcome of possibly one of their most difficult learned lessons.
2: I was in college, had a huge crush on this girl that I was talking to. We were hanging out. We were doing homework together. And I kept breaking down like, ooh, she did this. She liked a Facebook post. I don't know. She smiled at me. She gave me a hug or she invited me to a thing and I kept analyzing. It. I'm like, this means she likes me. So I kept pushing that. Like, oh man, she definitely, she's into me. I have to just keep going at it. I have to keep asking her out. I tried this. I tried flowers. It's, it's all the dumb romantic comedies and it never worked. And if I just sat there and said, this isn't working, I'm going to go explore and find somebody else. That actually resonates with me. It would have made a whole lot more sense. It would have saved me from heartache, and there was no point to sit there and break down why she did this, why she said no, why why she didn't want to hang out, or, oh, she showed interest by doing all these little things. That means I should, I don't know. It was just a whole mess of time that wasted like six months because I was convincing myself that the reality existed that didn't.
6: So was it really wasted time? Did you learn from it? It,
2: I learned from it. It When I hear people
6: say it was wasted time, that is an equal sign to you will learn that lesson again. It will come around again. If I have the illusion that I've wasted my time, you've wasted my time, whatever that word wasted time is, that means I have ignored what I should have learned. So I'm queuing up a future lesson follow
7: follow
6: Ooh, i feel the wheels turning on that one
3: (laughs) reflected quite a bit over in the last five years or so on this relationship called marriage for a long time it was my whole focus and it wasn't a very positive focus it was a let's find let's analyze the crap out of this relationship and where it went wrong (laughs) I remember one particular moment, a very strong memory for me. It was a moment of learning for me. It was like I wake up. I was sitting in a law of attraction group with twelve other people, and these folks were
7: some
3: really
4: powerful creators.
3: A new person came in, and the time a new person came in, we explained the book we were studying and some basics of law of attraction and how it works and those kinds of things, and. The leader said, who wants to explain this? And I said, oh, I'll explain it. And somehow, in my explanation, I had turned this thing into a bashing of my ex-wife. Oh, boy. Yeah, in that moment of sheer embarrassment was a major, major lesson for me because I clearly saw how I had created that moment and how I was creating that relationship, how it was all mine, and I fully owned it in that moment.
6: Which leads us into a juicy paradox. May I drop this little paradox in our soup? Absolutely. How is adopting a victim mentality helpful? How is being a victim a path to waking up to gratitude?
8: Oh, my goodness. That's a great question. When I was in a very abusive relationship, I mean, I was crazy. I was making plans to figure out how can I disappear or make it look like I'm, I mean, seriously, when I think about it, I was sitting there thinking of ways where I could just let the person that I was in this abusive relationship with think that I died or I was killed or something. I I was so in fear. And I remember I came to a realization of Stepping out of that fear and standing up for myself for once. Just standing up for myself, not knowing what was going to happen, but actually standing up, not really fighting back, but just standing up for my rights at that point. I can remember crying and releasing it all. Just releasing everything that I was holding on inside that was so dark and sinister and actually allowing myself to speak the truth about what was happening to me. And it was so releasing, after that release, it was like grace came, and grace just poured into me, and she just made me feel so alive, and I was so grateful for the lesson that I learned. Through that whole experience, it taught me to become brave, to not stand in the shadow of what was really happening, and the truth to be revealed.
6: Excellent story excellent yep. story. I want to ping pong back to David i've noticed that if I start bad mouthing anything anyone or anything if I start bad mouthing them, if I start going into the victim mode, I start bad mouthing. Have you noticed that
3: I've noticed that that's my path that's the pattern. What's real interesting is to me right now is one of my teachers says all the time. You can't know what you want if you don't know what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Until I figure out what I don't want, I'm going to keep getting what I don't want over and 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 over, and over, and over and again. As long as I'm beating the drum for what I don't want, like being a victim, like being abused or being taken advantage of or being treated or poorly or, or, lonely blah, blah, or blah, 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 at some point, I have to acknowledge... <laughs> that I'm a victim, and say, wow, that's so true. I'm so grateful I finally learned who I am at this point in time. Now I can look at what I want because I've acknowledged what I don't want. Which then leads to the most scariest step
6: that we can take on page 178 of your manuals: step three of exercise 31. When I am feeling victimized, and I am deathly afraid that if I reach out for help, it will make matters worse, which is a common theme in many abusive relationships, now I'm in a paradox that's lethal. I know I need to ask for support, but I'm too afraid to ask for support. Now what? follow
8: follow yep
6: how is asking for help i want each of you to ponder this question how is asking for help changed for you on this journey
3: maybe it hasn't and that's good to know as well i learned how to ask for help before coming on this journey this journey has reinforced how the reward in asking for help Reward in reaching out in humility. Mm, Really reinforce that. Being able to come to you and say, I am so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go, "Mm -hmm. I got a few questions for (laughs) you.
6: Has anybody else noticed a change in their ability to ask for help sooner than later?
9: I've never asked for help in my life that I can remember, except when I got hit by lightning. And I worked in the medical field, as you guys know, for 25 years, and I went to the medical field for help. They said that there was nothing wrong with me. I needed to go back to work into surgery. And I really felt like I needed help. That's the only particular time in my life that I felt like I needed help right there. I sort of know the people I can ask for help. But before, like I thought when I needed help, that I could just ask people that didn't know me, people that didn't care about me. I really didn't develop the heartfelt relationships. I didn't have any real heart connections with people where I could ask for help. And that's what changed for me now, that I know that in your life, that you can develop these heartfelt connections outside of your family, and they'll help you. And I'll help them. That's what changed for me, really. I'll give you a great example. Okay, I would never, ever let anyone do a splash page for me. All right? Ever. Okay, now I developed a relationship with Soul over, and Cheryl did, and through this class and through this process over a year. I didn't have any problem. I mean, he took so much stress off of me by helping with that. Seriously. I was like, ah,
3: I don't want to be able to stretch me. Oh. I
9: was all like that. Well, just Soul said he would help. I'm like... I was able to allow him to help me, and I'm telling you, that's big for me, all right, yeah. huge. He did a way better job than me, so I'm, I learned a lot through this wow, you opened up the
8: receiving part for
9: you.
7: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah,
9: well, that's just the beginning of it. I'm serious. I would never, ever, in the beginning of it, I would never, ever let soul do uh, any, like, thing like that,
7: huh. you know. Yeah. No
9: hell no. no. No one, not just soul, but, I mean, I wouldn't let David Paul. I wouldn't, even though I saw all of Kareem's stuff, and I saw all of his way better than me at WordPress, I wouldn't let him do it. I wouldn't ask for it, you know, never. He doesn't have a page that says, I'll help you for 100 bucks an hour or so. I don't
6: know what he's doing. Right?
7: <laughs>
6: well, you're giving great examples of how step three of exercise 31 It's a tough one, isn't it? Asking for help, especially asking for help from someone who can help, meaning they've been there. They've gone through it. They know what you're going through, at least to a high degree, right? Right. Because then I risk realizing that when I ask for help from someone who's been there, if I start farting around, they're going to call me on it. (laughs)
7: Uh-huh. <laughs>
9: <laughs> people have asked me for help that i'm swimming out in 15 or foot surf when i was a younger individual people have asked me for help to save them from drowning and losing their lives and like nine times out of ten you, you think that uh, surfers are just going to save you because you're drowning but they're not and that you're going to ruin their day and they already told you to, to keep your butt out of the water like that. What are you doing out there in the first place? Ruined a lot of my days and weeks from dragging 200 pounds uh, that shouldn't be out in the surf. But do you know how much I wanted to leave them out there so they could learn their own lessons?
7: <laughs> I couldn't. Though. You learned your lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could have
9: been
6: their karma right there. Yep. <laughs> well, I
9: mean, uh, everybody else is passing them by and they're drowning in the impact zone sixth or seventh guy to pass them by Um, they're sort of blue maybe you should take them in but dragging a guy like that in for a couple hundred yards you might die yourself it's serious you might be killing yourself helping the man so if you want to sacrifice your life to save someone else's life in 20 foot surf go ahead let's see it that's what happens
6: the awareness of gratitude in this chapter do you see now now this is actually the most difficult chapter in the book.
8: Yes. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it's really a heart matter. It's it's all the way in the heart. You wanna That's look right. at it, it it just strikes you right in the heart. Yeah. Gratitude.
9: And it's not about saying thank you. It's not always about showing individuals gratitude. It's about showing your environment gratitude, exuding the energy of gratitude.
6: I'm inviting you to feel. How many programs have you taken in your life where you stayed in the thought, in the mind? (laughs) How many programs have you taken that might, might cause you to go into the heart space. But they quickly jump back to the intellectual conjecturing space. Right?
5: Right.
7: right. Yeah. Is
6: that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes.
7: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
6: The worst thing I could do to you on this journey is to keep you on the surface, in my mind. The worst thing I could do is to make you aware of a scrumptious meal sitting in front of you while i duct tape your mouth closed and your hands to your side right follow right it is my desire that this chapter you risk feeling and no matter what the feelings are that come up good bad or indifferent that there's a way to go, wow, there's something in here I can be grateful for. And it happens with our explorer. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Do you see how Chapter 10 knits every chapter together?
7: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <Sure laughs> <says>. Yep. <laughs>
8: When it comes to this whole journey, soul, I tell you as the pieces of the puzzle in my life and I see what's happened in my past and I see the pieces fitting together, the level of gratitude that it brought me to in just going through the journey. I see how I've experienced as so many of these chapters, the experiences that I've experienced, that to me has been just joyful to actually feel so alive in experiencing all these things because I know that that is the reason why I feel so alive and so grateful is because this journey that I decided to take in diving deep into myself has opened up that level of gratitude for me where I feel so alive. I don't feel dead, and it's like the analyzer. When I start analyzing, I know that's a dead feeling. When I start exploring, I feel alive. It doesn't matter if the roof is collapsing under me. I feel the joy in my heart. That, to me, is precious. I'm so grateful for going through this and (laughs) experiencing and feeling so much a of a deeper level in my life. I can't, there's no words to explain it. Yum, 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 yum.
6: (laughs) I invite you, for those who have your books handy, turn to page 179. The items on 179 have taken me and will continue to take me a lifetime to become more adept in. As I think about how gratitude rots, especially when I become aware of manipulation. One of the things that we have not talked about a lot in our classes with this chapter, and it's a a key item in this chapter, is manipulation. How have you gotten in touch with manipulation? I know that, Cheryl, your blog post touches upon an aha that you've come aware of that in the past how manipulation has impacted your life.
5: It has. A lot of my family and a lot of Rick's family both have tried with the manipulation in a lot of different ways. I always thought that when people would keep thanking me a whole bunch of times, like, oh, thank you, thank you, and then the next time, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, I always thought that they were trying to manipulate me into either doing more for them because they liked what i had done or something and i never realized like this chapter pointed out that i probably had not received their thanks and given them the proper attention that i should have in receiving and that's why they kept doing it but i thought that it was more of a form of manipulation at the time Just because of my low self-esteem, too. I also thought that they were just saying the things that they thought that they should say because when I had low self-esteem, I thought, oh, they're just trying to fluff me up. They're just trying to make me feel better because whatever it is that I showed them or made or something. Gosh, the low self-esteem really does take a handle on that uh, manipulation stuff, you know. It either lets you do it or now I wouldn't. It's amazing the awareness I've come now to see what people how people do manipulate you.
7: <laughs> and
6: and then, then how it shuts you down from receiving, right?
5: Yes, it absolutely did shut me down from receiving their goodness that they wanted to give me back. I just blocked it. I did not receive it at all. Yeah.
6: Anybody else? Does this ring a bell?
5: that well
1: today today I had a powerful aha moment that changed my life today and and is changing it in the future why the past years have been such a struggle for me there hasn't been much receiving at all because manipulation was so big I even fooled myself for these last so many years telling myself that i was truly and genuinely grateful i was expressing gratitude all the time and as i reflected on that today i see that much of the gratitude that i expressed through the years just cosmetic just on the surface it wasn't deep it wasn't mindful that was a very important aha moment for me it was a lesson learned and i now know that i can let go Of the manipulation I can explore gratitude even more and the rest of my life is going to be even more deeper and more meaningful
6: Wow Tonya you have gotten in touch with the difference between there's manipulation and motivation yes there's synergy or there's parasitic Energy manipulation obviously is parasitic, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Does that yes, make sense yes. to everybody?
8: Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah
6: And do you notice how the law of diminishing returns works and thrives on manipulation?
7: Yeah.
6: The more I push mm-hmm. that damn boulder up the hill, God bless me, I'm going to push that damn boulder up the hill even harder <laughs> until the law of, of diminishing returns goes. Okay. The Stone's going to go rolling backwards. Here we go. (laughs) That's powerful, Tonya. That is huge. I can recall when I first started this journey out 10 years ago, I was completely unaware of the false gratitude I was providing until I recognized that the gratitude that I was sharing at that time actually had strings, I thought by sharing my gratitude, people would naturally run out to Amazon.com and write book reviews. People would naturally want to do this, naturally want to do that. It just made sense to me. I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Do those words sound familiar?
7: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
6: I did that yeah. for the longest
7: yeah. time. And the expectations? <laughs>
2: Just a little bit, but I would do favors. Just fa- Everybody would call me up. Kareem, oh, you're, you're good with the computer. If you, can you fix this? Can you, can you set up my website? Can you do these hundred other technical things? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll come over and I'll do everything. You know, no problem. You pay me what you want to. Or, hey, have it on the house. And then something else would break. they would be like, Kareem, can you help me? I'm like, no, I don't have time. And then they would get mad. I'm like, why are you getting mad? I was doing stuff for free. I thought, like, the universe or God was going to, like, knock on my door and be like, thanks so much. Here's the check for doing all that stuff for free. And the opposite happened. I had a bunch of people mad at me because I was helping them. I thought that was gratitude, doing everything for free, hoping something would fall from the sky. I'd have pots of gold, and it it backfired, (laughs) to say the least.
6: That's never happened to anybody else on this call, Kareem. I'm sorry that (laughs) you're all by yourself
3: on that. That's almost a universal lesson learned for any entrepreneur right there.
6: Every entrepreneur I've ever worked with has made the same mistake. They start out giving it away for free. They think that the free sample at the grocery store mentality is going to bring people into their business. It might if you throw enough freebies out there, it might. Mm-hmm. And if you survive throwing enough freebies out there, if underscore, bold blinking. <laughs> <laughs> Part of this gratitude journey I'm hoping you're beginning to pick up on as you look at that last page where we talk about a summary of gratitude guidelines. Anything that I'm doing to manipulate, if you are hearing, feeling, or thinking that I am manipulating you in some way, I want to know about that because I want to end it because I'm obviously being unconscious about it. I need to be conscious about it. I'm bringing this up at this juncture because as we come close to concluding our journey, next week will be my last call with you. The last thing I ever want to even remotely contemplate is am I a source of doubt, guilt, shame, or worry for you? And doubt, guilt, shame, and worry are nurtured by manipulation. Mm-hmm. Follow? Yes.
7: Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
6: Because I have no desire to control what you think or what you feel. I have to release what you think or what you feel, but I recognize that you can think or you can feel doubt, guilt, shame, and worry by something that I have said or done or not said or haven't done. There's the grand paradox, ladies and gentlemen. When we come to a close on our journey together, I have zero expectations, zero requirements. If we never cross paths again, I'm at peace with that. There is nothing you need to do for me, ever. The one agreement that I would like is that you enjoy life. When it comes to this book, anything related to this book, reading it, picking it up, looking at it, doing the exercises, anything, if it feels like a chore, which of the following two creatures is most likely the reason for it? Analyzer? Or explore,
7: Uh,
6: analyzer.
1: analyzer. (laughs) Analyzer. You be
6: analyzing,
2: bruh.
5: Uh. Uh. Like every single chapter, the first ones, not the last ones. Every single chapter that we chapter two, chapter three. It was, I don't know the word. I don't want to say funny, but it was. Interesting to watch. <laughs> I
7: okay. Say, I gave him he, my name yeah, yeah.
5: It. He would get his book and he would head for the front porch out there, which he calls his office, and he'd set up his table and he'd be grumpy before he even opened the book. <laughs> <laughs> and he, what's this week? What's this week's assignment? Oh, I would just say I don't, I don't remember right offhand. Just go ahead and read it. and, and <laughs> He would be sitting and he'd read it, and it would just, just rip his hair out. He would just set him sideways every single time. Like, I think it was, like, through Chapter 4. It was just really amusing to watch him because his analyzer just wouldn't let him pass. You know, it just kept beating him back. You are going to analyze this. You are going to. It was just amazing. You (laughs) shall not pass.
2: That's an awesome movie.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was all like education.
1: I'm not analyzing shit. Does this thing work here? Take this. Maybe it'll work.
6: I don't give you that early on because how many of you have noticed this thing called an ego on this journey? <laughs>
7: yeah. What's that, man? <laughs> Oh my
3: God! Has it come? Ah, is it
7: really?
6: Oh. Has your ego made mention of anything on oh. the past year?
7: <laughs> you
4: get that word? No, not at all, soul. I don't have an ego. Nope, not me. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You don't know what you're talking about. What the hell's an ego? Uh,
7: uh,
4: as it's tapping me on the shoulder, going, "I am," and I'm like, "What?" Hello. Stop, it. Stop bothering me. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> do you
6: have an even remote idea at the beginning of your journey? Uh. If I told you that secret and I let your ego get a hold of that secret, how your ego would be mud wrestling with your analyzer? Well,
7: of course, because it, it would be for going, the
6: entire journey.
4: Yeah, it would yeah. be going. Uh, hello, I'm here to make sure you don't do anything that you haven't fully. Thought out first, and this and this, and I'm just like, I just want to do it. So, yeah.
3: So the uh, secret is. Every call would have been just one massive argument after another. Nope. <laughs>
7: nope. <laughs> one I'm massive. the no, Jerry Springer right Show. Here
3: we <laughs> go. It would just been, oh my gosh.
6: How many times has Rip thrown that book against the wall? Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> Ever.
5: No, he didn't throw it. I don't throw, didn't throw
9: <laughs> I don't throw, stuff. I don't
5: throw, stuff. Put it down on the table and leave the room a couple times. <laughs>
9: now, here's a paradox for me, okay? This is me, I, not you, <laughs> not anyone else, okay? I have a good analyzer and maybe an analyzer that I may not want to listen to so much. I have a good explorer and an explorer that... Uh, I may not want to listen to too much. I have guides that are full of absolute crap that I would <laughs> never listen to a word. Okay, and they have been telling me the same crap since I was a little boy. Okay, but I tell them to take a flying whatever every day. Okay, so it's called discretion. All right, mm-hmm. now, really cut and dry for me to say that. Oh, you're analyzing. It's bad because. Sometimes the analyzer goes, dude, don't stand up on this wave. Too steep, it's this, it's that. It'll give me definitely a reason you're too close to the reef, there's three guys in front of you, stuff like that. Now the explorer says, piss on it,
7: go. <laughs> <laughs> okay?
9: Well, my explorer, I'm almost 60. I went piss on it, go a bunch of times, snapped a bunch of boards on the reef, damn, it broke my ass. So, like... It's very discretional to me. Four guys in there, those darn analyzers and explorers. Who, You know?
6: Now that angel and the devil, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just pops
2: up on one shoulder and pops up on the other shoulder, and I'm looking. This was the first class I took, though, that every other class in my life, I'm like, oh. I gotta get the assignment in by this date. I have to make sure there's citations. There's <laughs> only take the test, get the stuff in, analyze, analyze. Gotta turn it in. Gotta get that grade, and then brag to my friends. I gotta be in C plus Ain't I special? But I never took a class where I was actually allowed, and I actually could allow myself to enjoy the work. Not because there's a deadline or there's some dude behind me yelling at me actually do the work because I enjoyed doing the work, and I had fun, and I was learning by doing it. And the more I did that, the more I began to realize the whole education system is messed up. It's all based on analyzing and learning and memorizing facts and all this goofy stuff and not really getting down to the core of who am I and what's going on in this world. So well, Kareem, you, you found a
6: there. niche market. Do you think <laughs> anybody should take pay me what I'm worth based on that insight? Uh, yep
4: <laughs> I do
6: begin to wrap it up and focus on exercise thirty two your okay. second to the last exercise okay, <laughs>
4: Woo-hoo! okay so
6: exercise thirty two is truly the icing on the cake. Treat Exercise 32 as a way to step into savoring what you've been doing for the past year. Really do embrace and savor the extraordinary work you guys have been doing. You guys and gals have just blown me out of the water with how much work you've done. And even though you might think, well, I really didn't do it. No, 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 no. Let that chatter go. It's been a journey that as you become aware of the difference between thankfulness and gratitude, it really ripens the life lessons that we're learning, yeah, know? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huhs, oh noes, oh shit, before we go.
4: <laughs> I could talk for hours on this, so I'm not going to even, uh, nope, nope, sidebar, <laughs> I'm passing it on.
8: <laughs> for- I thoroughly enjoyed tonight and listening to everybody's stories, and I just enjoy coming to class, it's just a part of uh, what makes my life enjoyable.
7: For
8: sure. Time to close this class.
0: What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seeker's team captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom.